Hello, we're back again. So, I'm going to talk about breakfast again because it's morning time. And that's when I have the most time to just sit and like ramble and reflect. I feel like some people do that at night. You know, like as they're laying down for bed, they might reflect on their day. But I'm like a, a morning person. So I like to sit and reflect at like 8 in the morning, you know. Or like 3 in the morning, that's a great time to reflect, like when you just wake up. Anyways, I want to talk about how cinnamon rolls are a top tier breakfast food. Like if you don't, I mean, how can you not like cinnamon rolls? Even if you're not a huge cinnamon person, they're just so gooey and doughy. But the problem with them is, is I don't eat them very often. So when I have them, you know, so like, I don't have a wash and dryer where I live currently, but my parents don't live too far from me, so I just drive there and do my laundry and all that stuff and see them and steal some snacks out of the cupboards, you know, stuff like that. And this time, there were some cinnamon rolls. And it's probably been at least eight months since I've had a cinnamon roll, you know? So what am I to do? You know, there's five left. I know that my mom can't eat them because of diabetes. I know my dad's not going to eat them because he doesn't really care for sugar. And I know my brother is only home for the evenings because he's gone all day, you know? So, like, I feel kind of this responsibility to eat them because they're going to go bad. So, with this, like, feeling that I have to eat these cinnamon rolls, like, it's my duty. Like, that is why I woke up today, is to come here and make sure that these don't go bad, right? Um, But on the other hand, my eyes are way bigger than my stomach, especially right now because I'm, like, in this weird, like, covert anxiety phase where, like... You know, like, change is coming, but it's, it's, like, too far away for me to, like, actively, like, crumble underneath the pressure of it all, you know? So, like, my stomach is, like, my whole body is, like, man. I think I actually talked about this yesterday. Yeah, you see, it's, like, it, it's, like, a real thing, you know? Um, so especially right now, like, not only have I not seen a cinnamon roll in front of my eyes for quite some time now, but also, you know, my body is ready you know, it's breakfast time, we're ready for these cinnamon rolls, okay? So they're Cinnabon cinnamon rolls, they're fucking massive, you know, so huge, they come with extra, like, cream, or whatever it's called, the glaze, whatever you want to call that, you know, so you can beef them up some more if you like. So I just prepared myself that I was supposed to eat these cinnamon rolls and I was just going to pretend for this one morning that calories don't exist, which is also a problem. If you're somebody who pays attention to calories, but you also have an eating problem, like, oh my God, you're just like, (laughs) every bite you take, you're like, fuck, fuck, but that's like not, you know, that's not enough to stop you. It's not so aversive that it keeps you from eating. It's just, like, you feel really shitty while you're eating, you know? So, like, I'm fully aware that cinnamon rolls are disgusting for you as far as that aspect goes. So, um, yeah. So, after one solid, you know, 
gooey goodness, creamy, cinnamony. I love whenever you get to the middle and like all the cinnamon and like the sugar has been like festering and like getting to know each other in the middle. You know, they're like hidden off and it's like creating this energy that for some reason keeps the center so much warmer than the outside. Yeah, that's like the part to get to. Also, do you like do people just bite into their cinnamon rolls? Cuz I definitely unspiral it. Like I the little like flap that <laughs> holds it all together. You know, I start there and like slowly work my way counterclockwise, I think, into like that center abyss, you know. But I I think I eat food weird. That seems to be a, a a typical complaint people have about my personality is how I eat food. I'm just going to go ahead and run these down because I don't really know where they came from, but I have a good rationale for it. All right, so let's see. Lucky Charms. Um, you eat all of the cereal first and save all the marshmallows for the end. So I really can't eat Lucky Charms that often because it takes me like 15 minutes to get through a bowl. Um, and it's like, you know, you're just eating normal, like, just plain old crappy cereal. But then at the end, you just have a whole bowl of marshmallows, and you eat them all, and it's so much sugar that you get a headache. I really don't like sugar that much. Like, I'm not, I'm not huge into sweets and candies, but, like, when I eat it, I go hard. So, just gonna say that. Um, McDonald's chicken nuggets. I eat all the breading first, and then eat, like, the sponge. You know, it's like the, it's chicken, it's like the chicken part of the chicken nugget, but it just kind of looks and feels and tastes like a sponge. Yeah, so breading first, then the sponge. Um, don't know where that came from, but my older brother does the same thing, and we don't know why. Like, we develop that habit independently of one another. It just works, you know, I don't do that with any other chicken nugget. Um, but it's just very satisfying to eat all the breading off. And then you're left with, like, the meat or whatever it is. Fake meat. Um, I also don't eat McDonald's very often. That's, like, not cool. And I can really only eat it, like, right before bed. Because, you know, you feel really shameful after you eat McDonald's. And your body is, like, not happy with you. Like, at any point. About 30, 30 minutes to an hour after eating McDonald's, your body is, like screaming and you like feel like you took a crappy drug and you're like oh my god so I have to eat it like right before bed usually intoxicated in some manner um and then you like sleep through that shameful feeling you know you don't have to be awake for that and the next day especially you know if you throw away all the trash and everything the next day you doesn't even know what happened like you don't have to you don't have to inform future you about what past you have done. Um, also, I after listening to these back, I realized I say, you know, a lot. And I'm bullshitting, so the chances of you knowing what I'm going on about is probably about 5%. Uh, so I'm gonna... It's good. It's good to pay attention to that. I give presentations sometimes, so I kind of enjoy hearing myself back and hearing all the stupid things that I say. My little filler words. You can get into the word like, but you know, I don't, I don't, oh, see, there we go again. I don't really think that that is an argument anymore. Uh, language adapts and changes and is malleable 
and fluid and I think the word like is now a very fair term I mean I'm not gonna say I asked my mom this question and she said blank I mean you can and I guess in writing you would but it's very more it's much more fluid to say yeah I asked my mom and she was like blah, 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 blah. you know <laughs> Jesus you know that. okay so what other foods do I eat weird um, Kit Kat bars eat all the chocolate off then eat the wafer I really don't like associating with people who don't at least break their Kit Kat bars and eat them individually. A fun size Kit Kat is two Kit Kats. It is not one Kit Kat. Um, Twix's new marketing scheme about they have left and right Twix. What the fuck is that about? I mean, why don't you get two Twix anymore? Why do they separate them? No one does. Do people really care? You know. Um, sometimes I forget people even eat candy anymore. I feel like once I was too old to trick-or-treat, I just forgot that candy exists. And it just kind of appears, like, in my reality, like, once a year. I'm like, oh, there's a Reese's Cup. Reese's Cups, also, you eat all the chocolate, then you eat the middle. So you eat the chocolate, then you eat the peanut butter. Oh, man. Uh, peanut butter had, like, the crunchy peanut butter for a while. Like, peanut butter cups, but with crunchy peanut butter. Where are those? Those are amazing. I really want to know people's opinions on creamy versus crunchy peanut butter. Because I, for sure, all the way, am all for crunchy peanut butter. I mean, it just adds so much excitement. A peanut butter and jelly sandwich is okay. It's acceptable, you know, with a glass of milk, whatever. Takes you back to your childhood. But with crunchy peanut butter, it's like delectable. Like, wow. This is amazing. And I feel like that's a real part of like growing up is <laughs> you don't learn how to cook. You just kind of like make your childhood foods even better. Like adult versions. Crunchy peanut butter with like bananas on it, you know? And then peanut and jelly and some like organic milk almond milk I think is where we're headed now I really like almond milk I I don't really care there's only there's only two things that I think still to this day regular milk does better than almond milk and that is with peanut butter and jelly sandwich and with Oreos oh you might be able to hear roosters and dogs barking uh throughout the remainder of this i don't know uh the walls are pretty thin so i'm not sure i'm not sure <laughs> how much you can he's outside he's not inside with me but yeah there's definitely a rooster that lives on the premise here he's a cool guy i really like the the movie and like book trait and just general that kind of idea that roosters only crow in the morning they crow all fucking day long. All day long. Until, from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, a rooster is crowing. And it's like, what are you, what are you trying to prove, man? Like, it's two in the afternoon. I should probably, I kind of want to look up. I mean, I guess that could just be the noise they make, you know? He's out there 
<laughs> watching over his flock. That might get so annoying. Anyways, back to adult foods. Grilled cheese. Grilled cheeses are pretty, uh... They're underrated, I think. I really think that a grilled cheese is underrated. If you put pickles and, like, some fancy cheese on two pieces of bread, it's a very delightful meal, in my opinion. I think people are always so anti-pickles. I don't really know why. A pickle makes everything better. And I just think, by default, a sandwich should have a pickle on it, except for, like, peanut butter and jelly. I've tried the whole pickles and peanut butter thing before. Definitely not good. Not satisfying. Not worth trying again. Um, yeah, not a fan of that. Tuna fish sandwiches. Those are... Those are something, though, that I don't think I really ate as a kid. But in my poorest moment of life so far, I got really used to them. Um... I would scrape up some change that I could find, like, in the dryer or just, like, anywhere, you know. And I would go to Kroger's and buy, like, the 60-cent can of tuna. Really put my stomach through a loop with those, you know. Really not. (laughs) That's not what you should be buying. Buying 60-cent tuna is is just a whole nother world. But, yeah, so I'd come home and make myself a tuna fish sandwich. Just tuna, mayonnaise, and pickles. And then save the rest of the tuna for my cat, uh, Frank. I have a tattoo on my arm of her. She's, a, She was an absolute delight. Easily my best friend in the whole world. <clears throat> uh, yeah. She passed away, unfortunately. There's actually... <laughs> I'm going to go on a lot of side pockets. First, I would sit on the kitchen floor with my tuna fish sandwich. And Frank would sit next to me. With the rest of the tuna in the can. And we would eat our tuna dinners together. Um, that's my only real memory of like the first semester of my sophomore year of college. Was having no money. So I was eating tuna with my cat. And coffee. I would have like a pot of coffee for dinner sometimes. Like <laughs> I would drink like most of the coffee. You know, because it just, after a while, it just, like, hurts your stomach, and you don't, you, like, literally lose your appetite, and then for dessert, I would put, like, flavored creamer in it instead of regular cream. Yeah, that was that. But anyways, to go back to Frank, she was an adorable cat. Where I work, we have this man that comes in quite often since, since I've been working there, which was last March. Um, and he saw my cat tattoo, and, you know, it's right there on my forearm. It's gonna spark a question sometimes, you know, why'd you get it? What are you doing, you know, like, what are you gonna do when your cat dies? And it's like, you'd think I didn't think about that. Like, I'm fully aware that my cat is going to die at some point. Um, and I'm gonna have this tattoo forever. There's a little bit more to it than that, I think. And I think that if you're that afraid of mortality, then you probably should... I don't know. I don't really know what to tell you at that point. Um, yeah, so, you know, it sparked a conversation. And I would show him some pictures of her sometimes, because she was still alive at this point. You know, just very, whatever. I'm all about talking about my cat, clearly. 
So in September when she passed away, you know, a few days later, this man came in and asked me how Frank was doing. And I was still, like, kind of sad about it. You know, I get over things pretty quickly, but it was kind of like, damn, I don't have this cat. My cat was like my homie for her lifespan. So, you know, he came in, and in, a, in that split moment, I had to make a decision of say she's fine, which is, like, you know, going to twinge my heart a little bit because I'm like, she's dead. Um, or, you know, tell this customer, oh, she died. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what do I, what do I really want to do? He knows I only have about a second to get through this whole mental process. Um, so, yeah, so I went with saying she's fine, you know. I don't know why. I don't know why I did that. I think, you know, <laughs> looking back on that moment, and to this day, because obviously he comes in there at least once a week or so. Um, and asked about her, and I always say she's fine. And at this point, it's like... When it comes to lying, in the morality and ethicality, if that's a word, of lying, it's not really black and white and just be like, you you should never lie. Because it's not, you know... There's nothing to gain from being honest in this situation. Like, it's been almost a full year since she's passed. I'm over it. This man enjoys talking about my cat and hearing about my cat. I don't know him at a personal level. I don't know him beyond a customer. He doesn't know me beyond a customer. So what really does it matter if I continue saying she's fine? And she's doing great. Because all that all that does is make his day, you know. He hears that my cat's doing well. He gets a conversation. That's great. I don't think anything of it. I just say she's fine and moves on I move on with my life. But if I tell him the truth, you know, whether I tell him the full truth and say that she died in September, I've been lying to you for almost a year, you know, that's definitely out of that's not even within the realm of possibilities anymore. You know, that's pretty fucked up. So my only other option is to tell a truth but not the whole truth and say, you know, oh, she passed away recently. She's not fine. She's dead. And the other thing is, like, she, you know, death could be fine. I assume that when you're dead, you don't feel anything, which means that you're fine. Um, So I guess it's not even really totally lying. Yeah, so it's just like... Am I really gonna? Am I really gonna make this awkward? Like I have to see this guy more often, and now instead of being the girl with the cat tattoo, with the really cool cat that she loves a lot and is always doing fine, she's the girl with the tat tat- cat tattoo, and it's dead, and it's like really awkward because that was my only way of, that was my only conversation starter with her, you know. So yeah, I think I think that man is just gonna continue to think that my cat's immortal and alive and kicking and doing well. And that also brings me to a topic that I want to talk about regarding tattoos. I feel like I feel like people are just so weird when it comes to tattoos, you know? Just get the fucking tattoo or don't. 
And there's a whole thing. There's like a whole kind of like realm of responsibility that I feel like people who aren't in the tatted community, but they just want the art and aesthetic of a tattoo or the meaning and stuff. I feel like they don't like prepare for the responsibility. Like the amount of people who like can't, they can't deal with change or commitment and they get a tattoo and I'm like, what? And then they're kind of ragging on it. And within like two years, they're like, yeah, I hate this tattoo. You know, it's just like, it wasn't even in your personality to get a tattoo in the first place. And again, you, this is something, every time I go on about this, it's not like I'm saying this to these people's faces. You know, we all have our own opinions. I don't really fucking care what you do or say, you know. I don't, it's not, this is kind of me just having a monologue right now of sometimes what goes on in my head. Like, when I got my cat tattoo, my tattoo artist was like, you know, you're 18, I want to go through this with you, it's on a visible spot, it's kind of a lifetime deal, it's always going to be there, this is your cat, have you considered the fact that your cat's going to die? Very totally, totally reasonable things to tell an 18 year old girl. And I do think you know, I was prepared for that, and I always have, and, like, ever since I've gotten my tattoo, I've never had, like, this queasiness or, like, unease, like, whoa, it's, like, on, like, it's really there. You know, that's not, that's just not something I, uh, have considered or even really thought about, you know? It's just kind of, it's on me now, and I'm really, really good when it comes to uh, accepting change and accepting a new life and even something as small as a tattoo but it is like you kind of just gave yourself a marking and I, especially things like visible tattoos you know there's a lot of people who have identified me as the blonde girl with the cat tattoo on her arm and like that is now an identifying marking on my body or I've had people come into work and they're like I definitely know you from somewhere because I've seen that tattoo before and I'm like okay cool that's cool so it's definitely like a marking that you now have especially if you get one that's kind of unique um yeah so and the thing when it comes to tattoos is I'm definitely still young and I'm still like Oh, like, open mind. Like, I haven't totally hit that jaded, cynical lifestyle yet, you know? And hopefully I never will. But I also, you know, it's just life. It's life. I'm sure everybody gets cynical and jaded at some point. So I'm fully... I'm just saying, if that's the path my life takes, I can imagine myself being, like, 35 and waking up one day and being like, why did I get this fucking cat on my arm? However, I do think that that means I'm going to be, like, a suburban white mom with, like, three kids in, like, a shitty fucking home that looks the same as everybody else's. And I'm like, oh, the kids are in the cul-de-sac playing. And, you know, that's, like, probably the worst path my life could go on. Definitely not ideal. Definitely not where I want to be. Um, not really my personality or my vibe, so I'm probably, like, being held hostage by, like, money or some shit like that, you know? So, I mean, if I wake up and I have that thought, 
I'm consoled by the fact that that's probably the least of my worries. You know, having this, like, dumbass, picture-perfect American dream life, whatever bullshit, you know? That's really not what I want. Um, so, yeah. I don't like... Whatever, I'm not even going to get into that today. It's probably a little too far off the beaten path. But yeah, so I, anyways, I'm like preparing for the fact that maybe at some point I'll regret it. But then I think that life is one big character arc. And you kind of have a very fundamental self. And you might waver from it. But then when push comes to shove at the end of your life when you're like really facing your moral mortality and you're like about to die you kind of go back to your roots a little bit back to does it really fucking matter that I have a cat tattoo? No it doesn't. It doesn't matter that's old and wrinkly and my body's rotting while I'm still alive. No it doesn't matter. You know that's not the point. It's not the purpose of this whole dumb journey that we're on. Um, I also really think that tattoos are cool because they're kind of like stamps like time stamps of your life. And I think I think sometimes that's a that's a hindsight thing. You don't really think about that when you go to get a tattoo. But both of mine when I see them, I don't really see what they are. I see the time that I got them. And I think that's really that's probably my favorite thing about tattoos. It's not really what it's of or why you got it or who did it or any of that. It's kind of like more like what was going on that made you want a tattoo. Because I think I think making these dramatic changes to our physical appearance are kind of outward manifestations of inward changes. Like I always say, every time you see a girl changing her hair, especially often, I like to think, like, at least anecdotally, I think that something's going on in their life. Because I know the times I've changed my hair the most was like a coping mechanism like or a adjustment to change kind of thing like I am about to change this factor in my life it's kind of a big change I'm gonna cut my hair off because then I feel new I've like felt in my new role as this person you know it kind of gives you a fresh start I told you I said I was gonna stop with the nose and here we are again yeah, so, and one more comment about tattoos. I, uh, I really don't want to get too far into this because I feel like people are going to ream me for being an asshole. But I just think that if you get, ta if you're going to get a tattoo, it's not like a birthmark where you're like, oh, I had no control over it. Like, you selected it carefully. You chose to do it. You went into a shop. It was a very, like, consensual act of getting a tattoo which I do think opens it up to not even criticism but just like it opens it up to being a discussion topic because especially in my opinion like it's an art form and I think art is kind of made to be accepted reviewed and critiqued like that's kind of the fun point of it is we all just like talk about art and like talk about our interpretations our feelings and like I mean, it's really cool. I think, like, a different medium would have looked better. Or, like, what would this look like? You know, if you took this style and added it to it. You know, stuff like that. So, in that sense, tattoos fade. They do. You know, that's that's a uh, definitely something you're going to have to commit to when you have a tattoo. It's going to fade. And you're going to have to get them touched up or not. Let them fade. Whatever you feel like doing. 
So, it is nuts to me whenever people get... You know, for example, somebody I know got a tattoo a year ago. And it was a black tattoo. It has been about a year. And it is now gray. Which means that it faded, right? Like, that's kind of like... Oh, that was black and it's been a year and now it's gray. It has faded over time. I don't know why that's such a big, like, sensitive point whenever people are like, don't mention my faded tattoo. I mean, they fade. That's fine. And all my only real comment on that situation is, yeah, I was going to get a tattoo from the place where you got that one. But I know other people who got it from there and they fade, like, really fast. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, but you... You know, it's just too much to get into. What do you mean you don't think so? Your tattoo was black, and it's only been a year. And I think... And that's the thing. People think that a year is a long time. And I'm like, you're looking on the scale of, like, from now until whenever your soul leaves your body or whatever. You stop kicking, you know? Whether it be tomorrow or 95 years from now... It's on your skin for as long as your skin is there kind of deal. So it's like one year might feel like a long time. That's like people in relationships where it's like, you know, it's been a year. Like we're starting to fight a lot. And it's like, it's crumbling after a year, man. Like, do you, you have the rest of a lifetime to go with this. A year is really not that long in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, to just like, I don't, I don't even know if I ever wrapped up that point. If you're going to get a tattoo, just, like, be aware of everything that comes along with being a tattoo. You know, people are going to say shit. If you get words, people are going to try and read it. You know, ask you what it means. What's the meaning of that? Be prepared that, you know, not everybody's perfect. And there is a possibility that you could have, like, a crooked line. Or a squiggly line. Or not so even you know, shape or something. That is going to happen, and it gives it character, and I don't think it's worth being mad about. You know, don't be mad about things you can't can't go do anything about fixing a straight line. I mean, I suppose you can, but, you know. Um, be prepared for people just, like, taking pictures. Like, I've had my arm just grabbed, and they took a picture of it, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I really like that. Which also means be prepared for the possibility of having... Of you know, you might be copying a tattoo. If you go on Pinterest and you just like, man, I really like this tattoo, and you take it to your tattoo artist, and you say, I want this done exactly. I mean, you're now you have. That's not a unique tattoo. Like, sorry, but you have the exact same tattoo as somebody else somewhere. Whoever posted the picture on Pinterest. Um, and if you can like come up with your idea on your own, which is for the most part what I have. Um, be prepared for somebody seeing it, really liking it, and getting an exact copy on their body. That's awesome. That, you know, fair game, I suppose. I would be a little bummed if somebody got, especially like the tattoo on my leg, is so unique to me. I really love it. And if I saw somebody walking around with like the same exact tattoo on like their, their like shoulder blade or something, I'd kind of be like, damn, that sucks. But also, you know, it's part of the system. There ain't. Yeah, no rules, I guess. So yeah, I think I'm going to tap out here and go do some work. Uh, I hope you made it through all those you knows. I'm going to really try. I do that a lot. I catch myself often.
Super fun. Awesome reflecting period. Hope you have a great day. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Egg Salad. And I'll see you around.